Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 82. Hi, this is Stephen Cabral, board-certified naturopathic doctor and founder of The Cabral Concept and StephenCabral.com. And you're listening to Build Your Network with my good friend, Travis Chappell. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, Build Your Network is supported by CastBox, the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on iOS and Android. CastBox has over 50 million free episodes that more than 10 million users download and listen to wherever, whenever. And now for all Build Your Network listeners, once you've downloaded the CastBox app, click Go Premium and enter promo code 90 days to get three free months of premium features. Head on over to the App Store or Google Play Store to download CastBox now. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Dr. Stephen Cabral. Stephen is a board-certified naturopathic doctor and founder of the Cabral Wellness Institute and StephenCabral.com. At 17 years old, Stephen was diagnosed with a life-altering illness and given no hope for recovery. Every day, he suffered endlessly for many 
many years. It was only after Stephen traveled all over the world and discovered how to combine ancient Ayurvedic healing practices with state-of-the-art naturopathic and functional medicine did he understand how to fully rebalance the body and re-energize it with life. Today in Dr. Cabral's online and Boston practice, where he and his team have completed over 200,000 client appointments, he uses functional medicine lab testing and personalized wellness plans to help people rebalance their mind and body to recover from autoimmune, thyroid, fatigue, hormone, weight gain, digestive, childhood, mood, skin, and dozens of other hard-to-treat health conditions. His mission is to help people understand that there's always a reason why you have not achieved your ideal wellness or weight loss goals and that you can and will get well again. Steve, thanks so much for coming to the show today, man. Really, really excited to have you. Uh, why don't you go ahead and expound a tad on that intro and then tell us more about yourself, what you're most excited about today. All right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being on the show. Great to be speaking with you. And just like you talked about, essentially, I grew up a pretty sick kid. And at 17 years old, I got extremely sick. That was kind of the tipping point. It took me years to get better. But through that journey, I essentially came out the other side, a healthier, happier human being, became certified as a naturopathic doctor. And now I, I really just try to share that message with the world, not of just getting well and overcoming any disease or weight loss issue that you may have, but you know, really living the best life that you can. So I'm truly grateful to be able to do that work today. So Steve, you and I were able to spend a little bit of time together down in Puerto Rico at a mutual friend of ours, John Lee Dumas's house this past May. And I gleaned so much stuff, just like listening to you talk of just about health and all that kind of stuff. I want to kind of dive into some of these things, some of these kind of hot topics that people are talking about in health that ever since I spoke with you, now when I see people talk about it and it goes against what you said I was and you like called them out before I saw what they said I'm just like man you just don't know what you're talking about <laughs> and like neither do I but I know that you don't know what you're talking about so can we talk about a couple of those things first of all can you talk about why like one specific diet plan isn't going to work for every single body type and kind of take a deep dive into that real quick Sure. So, well, I mean, when we're talking about this big topic in general, we're talking about people's dogmas, their beliefs that there's only one way to do something and that if it worked for you, well, then it should work for everyone else. And that's the scary thing about a lot of the online experts that we see and, and the people who are promoting a certain agenda because they're either marketing that type of book or, or whatever. And again, every plan out there can work. I'm not saying that it can't, but the problem is how long does it work for? Does it work for three weeks, six mm -hmm. weeks, 12 weeks, and then it makes them sick after a while? Or does it only work for a certain group of people? Probably the best example of that is the keto or really low-carb-based diet. And the reason why I mention that is that it can actually work pretty well for the endomorphic body type, especially for men. It doesn't seem to lower their thyroid to a great degree, and it doesn't actually seem to drop their metabolism too low. However, in the ectomorphic body type, which is really the thinner body type, they're more in the fight or flight or sympathetic nervous system, kind of like the go, 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 a lot of anxiety, all that, thin joints, really small calves, hard to put on weight if you're a male, you know, one of those types. Going really low carb for that body type is actually really detrimental since their body does so much better with some glucose. Now I'm talking about flooding the diet with sugar, but what I am saying is they do better with some starch in their diet, which would be like sweet potatoes or yams or yuca or even like rice or oatmeal can work a lot of times great for that body type if they've done food sensitivity testing or something like that. But the other part is that when you're on a keto-based diet or sometimes a lower-carb diet, they're asking you to eat quite a bit of fat. And we know from the science and genetics out there right now, because we can do advanced genetic testing, that there's a certain population. It's actually quite a, a large group. It's 26% of the population that if they eat a large amount of fat in their diet, 
they can actually cause more inflammation and cause greater chance of Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, or cardiovascular-based risks. So we just have to be careful promoting an all-for-one agenda. And that's yeah. what I try to talk about in my practice is this thing called bioindividuality. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. You brought up the ketogenic diet and everything like that. Can you, for people that may know the word but don't really know exactly what it is, can you talk about ketosis, first of all, what that is, and then some of the myths around that, like how long it actually takes for your body to get into true ketosis and what that means? Yeah, absolutely. And I've done whole articles and shows on this. And that's because most people who say they're on a keto diet aren't actually on a keto diet, which again is probably a good thing for most people. But they're eating too much protein. They're just not cutting out their carbs low enough for long enough. Meaning that if you take in too much protein on a ketogenic diet, it can actually convert it to sugar. Your body will then start to actually burn more muscle mass and you won't achieve your goals, which is most likely body fat burning. So that, that's a big one right there. Hmm. Oh, wow, that's incredible. So how long does it actually take for your body to get into ketosis? For most people, it's going to take between 48 and 72 hours. You could speed up that process by actually doing some type of workout, resistance, cardio-based training. Again, any of those can really do that. Resistance training is a great way to do it since you are going to be burning more sugar. And first, what has to happen is that your blood sugar has to get low enough and then your liver has to actually start converting its sugar through a process called gluconeogenesis to sugar to deplete it of glycogen. Once that happens and you've been in a state of lower blood sugar, now I'm not saying low, but lower for long enough, your body can begin to start to produce its own ketones. And it, it does that as an alternative energy fuel. And yes, it can be used by both your body and your brain. 
However, it is a good, what I would call survival-based and short-term diet plan. I don't know that we would want to promote it for the long term. Maybe up from anywhere from like, let's just say one to three weeks, or a lot of people are doing cyclic-based, keto-based diet, which makes a lot more sense going into it for a couple of days, coming back out, or even a certain period of time. That would be more natural, meaning like our ancestors would certainly have never purposely put themselves into ketosis. If they had access to fruit and vegetable and tubers and those types of things, like, of course, they're, they're going to eat them. It only makes sense. Right, it's kind of right. funny that in today's society, we try to do things to essentially starve ourselves when when it's completely insane when you look at it from that perspective. Now, I understand people want to lose weight, and the keto-based diet does have some good research behind it for you know, if you have cancerous-based tumors, it makes sense because those tumors feed off of sugar, right? So mm. we need to limit the sugar. That makes sense. But what about the fact that fruits and vegetables are also anti-cancer-based, meaning that the, the phenols or the antioxidants in those things help us to prevent cancer in the first place? Mm. So I just want to be careful how we twist the research a little bit to make it an appropriate agenda, meaning yeah, like, right, yes, right. it can help you lose weight, but what about the long-term? Like, what about the long-term effects? Yeah, so much stuff there. For somebody listening that's like completely brand new to this, can you explain what ketones are and why they're beneficial? So your body can use different types of fuel sources. Think about this, that when you're doing like a sprint, an all-out sprint for let's say 30 seconds or less, or maybe even 60 seconds or less, your body's predominantly running on what's called fast glycolysis or the glycolytic system of energy in the body, and it needs sugar. So your body uses sugar because it can't oxidize or break down body fat fast enough. So it needs a fast fuel source, which is sugar. Like that's normal. That's how it's supposed to work. And our brain predominantly runs on glucose, which is sugar during the day. So that's why a lot of times you get low blood sugar, you get cranky, you get irritable, your brain doesn't work as well. And you essentially wants glucose. Now there's another system in the body and that runs on a slow oxidation process. And the less you're moving, essentially, the more body fat you're burning percentage wise, right? So what we want to think about is that the body can run on sugar or it can run on a fat oxidative process along with oxygen. Now, when you've removed the sugar as a fuel source, your body needs to oxidize something. So, it, yes, it can burn body fat, which is extremely helpful, right? But it's slow. It's just that's that part of it. And then also your liver starts to produce these things called ketones, which can then be used as its own fuel source to actually power both the body and the brain. Hmm. So why would we want that? Like somebody that's just like sitting there, they're like, man, I love my carbs. Why would I even want that? Doesn't even sound like something I would want to do. Why would that be beneficial for us? So a couple of reasons. One is you actually, you do have tumor-based cancers. It's different with a soft-based cancer. I don't want to get too deep into the differences, but yeah. you know, if you have a cancer-based tumors, then doing a keto-based diet, which is 75% fat, really lower protein, lower carbohydrates as well, that can help essentially not feed the cancer, right? So if you're not feeding the cancer, you can't allow it to metastasize and grow. Yeah. The other reason would be that a lot of people feel more alert when they're on a keto-based diet because ketones can't help with that. So again, there's pluses and minuses. And the third is that you do, you will tap into a quite a bit of body fat as you are on a true keto-based diet. But remember, you have to do it by the book. You can't do halfway with keto because like I said, if your protein is too high, which is what most people are doing wrong, they're essentially doing a low-carb diet and believing it's a keto-based diet, then you are going to start to tap into your own muscle stores, and you're actually going to break down your own muscle tissue, and you'll get glucose from that, but you'll also get amino acids, which your body can use, again, for fuel, but you'll be in a really catabolic-based state, and that is not ideal. So if you're – I just want to make sure I understand this correctly. If you are limiting the amount of carbs and you're like completely taking out sugars and you're on this, quote-unquote, you think keto-based diet, and you're taking in a bunch of protein to like try to bulk up in the gym or something. You could actually be tearing down muscle. Yes, because now you're not using ketones as a fuel source because protein, believe it or not, can actually be turned into a sugar in your body. 
so many things so, there that it's just it's there, just yeah, funny to is. talk it about deep. it <laughs> yeah it's funny to talk about it because you just realize how many people are out there just doing the wrong thing and they think like hey i'll just cut down on sugar and carbs and raise my protein and i'll gain muscle and eliminate fat and it's like well there's all there's so many things in our bodies that we just don't even understand is happening so that's why i love dumping into, into these topics with you so as you know steve i've kind of been on my own weight loss journey i was 250 pounds a couple years ago now i'm down around 200 when you and I met, I was like right in the middle of that journey. I was like about 225 or so. And something that's really helped me, and I, and I hope you can kind of talk into this a little bit, is intermittent fasting. And when I first started doing it, it was a lot of people that you know are healthy in my life were just kind of like, you shouldn't be skipping a meal. That's not good for you. It's not sustainable and all this other stuff. Can you talk a little bit about the benefits of fasting and the dangers of fasting and what that kind of does for you? Sure. So again, we have over right now a quarter million private client appointments. So we just have a ton of data. And what we're doing is I'm always reading the research. I'm always tweaking plans as able to. And then I have a large team. And then my team is able to implement that as well as myself with wellness clients, body transformation clients. And so we're just like, there's no ego involved. We take the best of the best. But we also want to make sure that no one's the first person to ever do this, meaning that it's based on thousands of years, really, of human science. And that goes back to Ayurvedic medicine that I studied over in India and Sri Lanka. And it goes back to traditional Chinese medicine, which I studied in China and Beijing. So what we're doing is we're understanding that the body needs time to essentially clean house, right? It needs time, a period of time to eat and a period of time to remove waste. A lot of people don't really understand that, that when your body's taking in food, it's actually creating waste. It's creating waste from the food. It's creating metabolic waste from all the cells in your body, and it needs to be removed. So I believe that every human alive, and this is backed up by science as well, of course, there's always a 1% contraindication. We can get into that as well, but 99% of people should be doing a 12-hour overnight fast from about 7 p.m. or whenever they finish dinner to 12 hours the next day, which is 7 a.m. It's pretty easy. But what you do is you have to stop eating right before bed. And again, only people with low blood sugar or maybe adrenal-based issues might want to not follow that idea. But what happens is when you don't eat for those 12 hours, you get a better night's sleep. Your body's not using its energy for digestion. It's actually working on detoxification and cleaning the blood and this thing called autophagy. And last year, actually, the Nobel Prize in Medicine actually went to an oncologist, a Japanese doctor, a researcher, who discovered that by doing this thing called fasting, and that takes place, which is called autophagy, when you do not have new toxins coming in, even from good healthy foods, your body is then allowed to kill cancer cells on its own. It just knows how to do it. Wow. Remove pathogens, all of those things. And that's why if there's one thing you can do, it's just literally stop eating a couple hours before bed. Now, when you wake up, have a good a glass of water with some lemon or some lime squeezed in there. Maybe do a little bit of greens if you want, just pure greens. And then once you're 12 hours up, okay, then have your smoothie or have your breakfast, whatever it might be. There are longer forms of intermittent fasting, that's for sure, and they can work. A lot of people like what's called the 16-8, and they fast for 16 hours and they eat all of their meals within eight hours. Mm -hmm. Again, seems to work better for the endomorphic body type. That's the larger body type with naturally bigger calves, naturally more robust body, easier for them just to put on body fat. And again, not that great for women in general. Women do not do well with longer fasts. And that's because their body has to stay balanced in order to carry on life. So it starts to mess with females' hormones, meaning that it starts to lower progesterone, it can start to increase cortisol levels, glucocorticoids, and start to lower thyroid. And again, that's clinically based. Most functional medicine mm. doctors will tell you exactly the same thing. 
Hmm. I don't know what my body type is. I'm sure you would, Steve, but it's probably the bigger one because the 16-8 is what I've been doing. It's been working phenomenally for me. It's been really the only way that I can be steady in my weight loss and in my progress, whatever that looks like. But now that I've lost quite a bit of weight, now I'm looking to try to get back into the gym and bulk up. So if you're trying to bulk up and you're doing like a 16 and eight, then that could be bad for you, right? Like if you try to go to the gym and put in like a good workout in the morning, but you're 12, 14 hours fasted, that could be actually really detrimental, right? So what would be like a good plan going forward from there? Yes. I mean, these are all great questions. And just to let you know, your body type is what's called the endomorph, mesomorph, or the kapha, pitta, in Ayurveda. So you have a good mix of the larger, more anabolic body type and the ability to put on muscle if you chose to. However, if you don't watch your nutrition and you don't stay active, you're going to put on weight rather than the ectomorph that if they don't exercise and they don't watch what they eat, they actually lose weight. So it's funny. We have these, you know, the balance between the two. So always keep in mind that it's a little different for each person. If you're more of that like sluggish body type, you can get away with certainly some fasted cardio in the morning if you're not always ramped up. But if you're the person who's anxious in the morning, you're stressed, by fasting and not eating breakfast, you're actually only adding more stress to your body. You are most likely increasing cortisol levels. So for the ectomorph body type, not the best idea. But what you said in the beginning was probably the best analogy I could give is meaning that it doesn't always have to be for life. Meaning that when we have a client come into us just for body transformation, we do 21 days and we actually do low carb. We do mainly vegetables as the only carbohydrate. But that's not meant to be for life. So what we do is we go low carb. Yes, they might dip here and there into ketosis, but not on purpose. Some people, as they become more active. And then what we do is we then see their carbohydrate tolerance. We start to add in berries and some good fruit upon waking in a smoothie and then after a workout. And then after that, if they're still maintaining their weight loss goals, then for lunch, they'll add in a little bit of starch, maybe a sweet potato. Again, if they then stop losing weight and they actually gain weight, we'll know that their body is not insulin tolerant right now. They can't maintain blood sugar by adding in that starch at lunch. So now we just remove that. But again, we try it again in another six weeks. Maybe it works then. What we're doing is the body changes its cellular structure every 120 days. So every four months, you get new cells and there's new cell receptors, which means during that time, you might actually become more insulin sensitive, which now you can actually eat more carbs for the first time in your life. So what we do is we do a reintroduction period and that really helps people. But like you said yourself, your first goal was to lose the weight. Now your goal is to put back on healthy muscle. Mm -hmm. And so yes, that will actually change a little bit. You'll actually be doing not necessarily pre-workout substance because you're already you're a larger body type, but you'll be able to do a good post-workout nutrition plan that actually includes carbohydrates. Hmm. Okay, so if I go in for like an intense weightlifting session and I'm 12, 13 hours fasted, it shouldn't be as big of a deal as long as I come back afterwards and eat some good carbs and some protein and stuff like that. That most likely for your body type, that will be fine. But what's the easiest way to do it? We never guess. We always test. All you do is buy a $20 body fat caliper on Amazon, have it shipped to your house, take your body fat, and then from your body fat, subtract that from your weight, and then you'll know your lean body mass. If your lean body mass is not increasing over six weeks, then you've done something wrong, and now you need to actually change your nutrition. Most likely, your exercise is fine if you're doing three days a week of resistance training. So now you just need to switch it up. You just need to actually change your nutrition plan. I seriously could probably ask you a thousand more questions on this stuff. I'm going to touch one more thing really quick just because I'm a huge fan of it. And then we'll get into talking about networking. So if you're listening to the show, the networking's coming, I promise. And Steve's fantastic, has a lot of great advice on that. But I want to talk really quick just about your seven-day detox plan because I think this is such a fantastic way for people who have never given like this whole thing as far as like health. And they've never like taken a really 
big, serious look at their health before. I think this could be a very, very good entry-level thing to just start with. So can you talk about your seven-day detox and how it works and what the benefits would be for somebody to order that from you? Absolutely. And that is the best. So we had a nice conversation when we were together and I got a lot of questions just like you're asking now. I mean, these are normal questions that you actually do need the, the answers to because once you have that, you can actually see that nutrition, exercise, all of it can be good. You just need to understand that it doesn't have to be so dogmatic, but everybody needs a place to start, right? I mean, we have to start somewhere in order to begin to understand what works for our body. So about six years ago, I had to develop something that I was not able to keep up with the amount of people that you know we wanted to see in our practice. So I said, what could give people 80% of the results of coming to me if they could do it on their own pretty much anywhere in the world? So what I was using at the time was called a functional medicine liver detox. And it sounds more intense than it is. But all it does is it helps you rebalance blood sugar, inflammation, hormones, and helps to really clean up the body at a much faster rate. Because you're giving your body the nutrients that it needs to literally filter your blood. So it does phase one and phase two detox. Again, you don't need to know what it means. But what it means is that you're oxidizing body fat as you're burning off body fat. You're releasing chemicals and toxins to the body. Your body fat's 300 times more toxic than your blood. So you need to clean that fast. So the detox helps people with autoimmune-based issues, weight loss-based issues, skin, mood, hormones, inflammation, joint pain, all of that. And it does it because what it's doing is it's rebalancing things at a foundational base level, teaching you how to eat, teaching you the 12-hour fasting. And it's very simple and straightforward to move about with. So we offer a 7, 14, and 21-day. It's called the Dr. Ball Detox. And to be honest... You know, if you're doing pretty well, well, then I just recommend a 70 detox seasonally like they used to do for thousands of years in Ayurvedic medicine. But if you're dealing with an autoimmune issue, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, or some type of dis-ease that you've been diagnosed with, I can't recommend enough the full 21 days to help rebalance the body. And I've personally done this twice now. And the point where it really helped me, Steve, was when I was starting to hit plateaus with my weight loss. So right after Puerto Rico, we were hanging out there. About a month and a half later, I was down another eight to 10 pounds. And I could not get under 210 for the life of me. Like I was eating well, I was exercising. I just could not break that plateau 210. So I eventually, I was like, I'm going to try this detox and see how it goes. And we had talked about it and we were together and I tried it out the seven days. And then I went from like 212 down to about 206 or so. And I remember thinking like, okay, great, but I've done this kind of stuff before. It'll all be back on next week. Then to my surprise, I have not been up over 210 since I did that. It helped me break that plateau and it was actual weight why is it actual weight, Steve? Like, I know you, you talked to me a little bit about this in Puerto Rico. Why is it not just water weight? Like, what does this detox do that actually allows you to lose real body fat in a seven-day period? Yeah, absolutely. And you are exactly correct in how you did it, meaning that you can't keep doing more of the same thing and expect a different result. Like, you have to change something. Something has to change. So the difference is that this is a functional medicine detox, which means that it actually helps balance things at a foundational-based level. So right now, we know that there's over 77,000 man-made chemicals in the environment. Staring at a computer screen, just literally walking outside with brake dust in the air, with plastic bottles that we're holding, all of these things actually cause inflammation in the body. We don't know it. We're not really thinking about it. So what the detox does is it helps people. Again, this is not a juice cleanse. This is not that type of thing. It actually includes nutrients that your body needs 
seeds such as glutathione, N-acetylcysteine, selenium, zinc, all these great things. And it uses a thing we call the autophagy for 48 hours. We're in that period. And it's helping to really balance back out blood sugar. So now you can start tapping into body fat. It's helping to balance hormones. It's improving the cell receptors, which we talked about before, which is that insulin sensitivity. And again, so much more at a cellular based level. So what we're doing is, yes, we're helping people if they need to lose some weight. If they don't need to lose weight, great. It's helping them get healthier. But it's also about the long term results. We also then hope people keep transitioning onto a good, healthy nutrition plan to keep going with the results, get the results and keep it going. So we've had everything from improved sleep to less joint pain, improved mood, besides all the other health based improvements as well. Yeah. So, so like I said, so many awesome things here, Steve. We got to move on now. Talk about a little bit about networking before we wrap things up since this is the Build Your Network podcast. So I'm going to get this conversation going with the question I ask every guest that comes on the show. Steve, do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? Well, I would say in the short term, who you know is always more important because they can open the doors, they can get you the job, the interviews, or whatever it might be. But in the end, I believe that proving yourself through what you know is what's going to keep you on top. So true, so true. The who you know will bring the opportunity to the table and the what you know will allow you to capitalize on that. And I know that you spent a lot of time traveling around to gain the knowledge base and everybody listening right now is probably thinking, man, I have no idea what you just said, but it sounds really good. <laughs> and even I was thinking that a couple of times when you were saying like spouting off these terms and what your body's doing and all this stuff. And it comes from years and years and years and years and years of, of research and practice and repetition and stuff like that. When you were first getting into this though, you acquired a lot of that knowledge by going to these certain countries and spending time with people who did this kind of stuff, right? That's correct. I understood in the beginning, you know, I was a 17-year-old kid. I thought I knew it all. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I didn't know it all. And all the specialists that I was going to, the best of the best in Boston, they didn't know it all either. And so my goal was always to become a medical doctor, an MD. But it's funny, I went back and actually became a naturopathic doctor because the people who helped me get well were naturopathic doctors and functional medicine doctors. So I learned from them. I mean, I'm a product of just reading thousands of books and studying all over the world. If it's a, such an important task and you're saying it's so important in the short term, why do you think that a lot of people just don't do it? Why do you think people just neglect to do this really important task? It's hard. I mean, that's the bottom line. Like, It takes a lot of work. You have to be extremely dedicated to it. And I think we're taught through social media to take as many shortcuts as possible because, hmm. you know, we want to take the easy path. And, and I worry about that because a lot of people right now are, and again, I'm not an expert in everything. I'm, I'm really not. There's only a yeah, couple yeah. things I know about. But, you know, people are spouting off that they're an expert in this or that. And it gets a little scary because I don't think, I think they've read a couple articles, but they haven't gone deep on it. Hmm. And so in the long term, the advice given to people can sometimes be harmful. And I know everybody for the most part has best the best wishes of everyone again, but sometimes I just worry about the deepness, uh, how deep we get on the information. Right, right. So if you had to boil it down to one thing here, Steve, like the one thing that you could look back on and say, hey, if you do this one thing, this will allow you to increase your inner circle. This will allow you to build a really solid network of good people. What, what would your one tip be about that? So my inner circle is really built out of necessity and I had a lot of questions. And so for me, I always reached out to people and that's how I met my mentor who finally got me well is that I read her book, an obscure Ayurvedic book, and I reached out to her. She was shocked that I actually reached out to her because the book was written so long ago. She was like 70 years old. So ask a lot of questions and you're going to find a few people, not everyone, but you'll find a few people who are willing to show you the way. And luckily for me, she was able to do that. Are you an introvert, Steve, or more an extrovert? I would say I'm more of an introvert. I love to speak. I love meeting people. I love being on stage and talking. I love doing my podcast. But when it comes to like 
going out of my way to like really meet people and net, like there's a big party to mingle with a thousand people. That's not really me. It's not. Okay. I'm more of a research type of guy. Okay. So you re-energize by being by yourself? Absolutely re-energize. And, and although I love being with other people, it exhausts me. Yeah. I'm the same exact way. I got to go sleep for like 14 hours after, <laughs> after I'm at like a big conference or event or something like that. So can you talk a little bit, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, Hey, I understand that I got to go ask. And like, it's just as simple as that. I got to just be curious and I have to reach out. I have to be the one to do that. But I'm just scared. Like I'm an introvert. I don't like doing that kind of stuff. That's not my thing. What would your advice be to someone like that? is that if you truly want something, that you have to go after it. Meaning that, I look at it this way, the things that I'm doing right now in my life are all the things that I would regret if I looked back 20 years from now, even two years from now, that I didn't do. So I always go after is that if I didn't do this thing, would I regret it? Would I look back and have those upset feelings that I should have done that? And then that pushes me to just say, hey, let's go and do that. And also, what would worst case scenario be? The worst case is that someone just literally doesn't return your email or phone call. That's it. So there's no, there should be no fear about it. <laughs> the worst case scenario already happens if you don't reach out. That's the ironic thing is like you're already in the worst case scenario right now because you're not in contact with this person. So like worst case scenario, you don't get in contact with that person you're already in the worst case scenario. So like, I think a lot of times people just get really emotional about it. Maybe, maybe that's what separates me from that. Cause I'm an introvert for sure. But I just think about think about it from a logical standpoint and the fact that like, look, worst case scenario, this person's not going to return my email, but I'm already in that worst case scenario because I don't have contact with them anyway. So I may as well reach out and see. And yeah, a lot of people don't return my emails and a lot of people, I can see that they've read my messages on Instagram direct message and they, and I know that they're not responding to me, you know, but bottom line is, this other person did respond to me because I sent out like seven of those and I wanted to really connect with somebody. And that will really, really lead you to a lot of really good connections. So Steve, can you tell us a story, just a time in your life where you could really point back to a connection that you made that led you to like a really big moment of success? It definitely has to go back to my mentor that I did meet with. And the reason I say that is that I was still shuffling around. Like I was getting a little bit better, but I was still relapsing. I couldn't figure out why I couldn't really get well. Like after almost 10 years, I still wasn't well and I couldn't figure out like what was the missing piece. So by meeting with her, she introduced me to how to combine the best of ancient medicine with the best of the state of the art lab testing through functional medicine, actually test my adrenal levels, my cortisol levels, my blood sugar levels, my genetic testing to look at my gut based function. Was there candida overgrowth or bacterial overgrowth? And so, you know, essentially it was meeting with her and then her also though, like, this was a big thing. She gave me the confidence to go back to school to become a naturopathic doctor. I was already in fitness. I was already in nutrition and working with a lot of people, but she said, how is it that you have not gone back to school yet to get your degree to then help other people? So, you know, it was kind of a boost of confidence. And that was a big thing for me. Yeah, that's why I love that you said who you know at the beginning. It, it, short term is who you know. Long term, you have to get better at what you're doing. But the who you know will always breed more of the what you know. And making that one connection allowed you to learn all of these different things. And it pushed you to go back to school where you learned even more than that. And all of your practices and stuff and everything that you have today. Do you think any of that would have been possible without making that one relationship? Not at all. There's no chance at all. She recommended everything to me, What, where to study. She recommended the postdoctoral certifications, which lab tests. There's no chance. I mean, she opened my eyes to all of this. Wow, that's, that's insane. That's why I like to ask that question because it gets people thinking like, actually, no, there's no way. Where I am right now is because of this relationship that I built. And not to say that you would have never been successful, but you would have not seen the amount of success that you have now 
if it were not for that one relationship that you went through. Who do you think, Steve, is like the best networker that you know? Just somebody that comes to the top of your mind that's just like, you know what, they're naturally pretty good at this, but they've worked on it really, you know, a lot. They're just really well connected. Who would you say that that is? And then what makes them that way? Why did you choose them? I want to answer that question, but I also want to say that me reaching out to my mentor was one email. That's it. And so that's why I want to let people know I didn't know even if I had her right email address because it had been so long since she wrote that book. So I just want people to know that, I mean, that one email changed my life because not only it's what I'm doing today, but it helped me get well Mm. and it transformed my body so that I now have more energy than I've ever had in my life. I now feel better than I ever have. I'm able to accomplish more because of that one email. Now, did I put the work in afterwards? Yes, Mm -hmm. but it started with literally one email and then one bus ride, one three and a half hour bus ride to Maine to go meet with her. So I'm just saying that worst case scenario, as we discussed, it doesn't change anything in your life right now. No one's ever going to come back to you and say, why did you email me? I can't believe you did that. So, (laughs) you know, it really does make a huge difference. Now, The best networker I know is someone that we both know. Uh, In my opinion, I I just can't think of anybody else that would be a second, and that's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire. Mm. And that's because, for one, he does seem like a natural extrovert, so that makes him like just want to connect with everyone. Mm-hmm. He's typically in a really good mood. That people love that it's contagious. Yeah. And the third is that he's interviewed two thousand people, like literally. Yeah. So he's connected with two. <laughs> I don't think that I've connected with two thousand people. So I mean, it's just amazing how many people in his like sphere of influence and all that that he knows. Um, I'm always impressed by all the work that John does and, and how he does it. Yeah, that's so so true. Uh, that it's just incredible when you sit there and think about that. Like, I'm on. So I think it released episode 70 of this show tomorrow, which I'm kind of dating this interview. People are going to be able to figure it out. But I think I've released episode 70 and I've interviewed like, you know, 75 people or so now. And I'm thinking like, that's a lot of people. And then I go tune into EO Fire and he's like, this is episode 1898 of EO Fire. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's incredible how he does that. And you're right. He just, he does not lose that energy from interview to interview. And even when you hang out with him in person, he's same exact person that he is on the show, which is incredible, incredible amount of energy. Well, Steve, I'm sure we could chat about this for a lot longer as well, but now we got to move on to something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? I'm ready. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? As a child, I always wanted to be an archaeologist and just someone that explores these ancient mysteries. That's always been a passion of mine. And so that would be it. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Probably the person that I most admire from history, not like knowing them in person, but Mm -hmm. in history was Leonardo da Vinci. And the reason was that he was really a Renaissance man who had so many different interests. And I would just love to know... How did he keep it all organized? Like, how did he go from one thing to another? How did he explore his passions? And I find him an extremely interesting, but also mysterious human being. Like, we still don't know a lot about this man that we call Leonardo da Vinci. And so if you really look into his work, I mean, he was basically a medical examiner. He was an inventor, just unimaginable. So that would be the person. How do you like to consume content? Books, blogs, podcasts, videos? So for me, believe it or not, even though I have my own podcast, I love doing interviews and speaking, all that, for me to learn, it has to be books. So Hmm. I don't have a lot of talents, but one thing I have is for whatever reason, if I read something and I see it on paper, it's in my brain and it will not go away. And so that's why I've read just thousands of books. And that was something that I think I was just blessed with. And that's it. Like it just, I've worked on it. Yes, but that is the one way that I learn. And if someone's playing something in an audiobook, I can't do audiobooks because mm. I, I can't retain. 
maintain the information. But if I see it, I memorize it, and that's it. What is like one of your favorite books that you've read in the last, let's say, three months? Wow. Honestly, I try to read an average of two books to three books per week. So I read all, literally, I read on psychology, I read on wellness, I read on fitness, like all these different things. Give us a psychology book. That's something I've actually been taking a deeper dive. I've gotten like five or six books on like persuasion and psychology and stuff like that recently. So give us a really good psychology book. I like to really look at how the mind works because in my job, I know for sure that I can help people get well. I know for sure I can help them lose weight and live longer, even if they've been unsuccessful trying certain things in the past. So I know that. Like, really, I think there's no ego involved. We've proven that over the past however many years, 250,000 client appointments. But I have to get them to actually implement it and be consistent with it. So that's where the mindset comes in. So I really do a lot of work with understanding people's psychology of where they're at. Mm -hmm. So there's so many great people. A few areas to look into are are cognitive behavioral therapy and also neuro-linguistic programming. Now, a lot of us know neuro-linguistic programming because they use it in marketing and things like that to try yeah. to get people to buy. But that's not how I believe it was meant to be used. It was actually meant to be used for post-traumatic stress syndrome, and it works incredibly well for that. So a lot of people have trauma around food, around relationships, around parents, around – or you know, I work with firefighters and all the toxins they take in or ex-military – so any book on trust, I wish I could remember. I'm like literally in my library. I'm in my office right now, which is my library. Thousands of books against my wall. <laughs> trying to find a book on neurolinguistic programming. Bandler, I believe, is the last name, right? The famous yeah. person mm-hmm. who invented or came up with the idea of neurolinguistic programming. Tony Robbins uses a lot of his work. Jim Rohn used a lot of it. I'm trying to think of some other great people. But that's where I would start. And here's why. All of us have limiting beliefs, every single one of us. Yeah. So there's another great book. Okay, it's called The Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy. And so what we understand is that most of us only understand our conscious mind, our conscious thoughts. But deep down, there's this programming playing over and over of who we believe we are, who we believe we should be, and what our thermostat is, how far away we can get from that. Because then when we start to get too far, we get pulled back down. Until you understand that, until you realize that you have some preconditioning, and until you change that image of who you are, you will never be able to succeed. You'll never be able to get well, lose the weight, or succeed in your career, or find the person that you want to be with. (laughs) So true. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. So my morning routine is literally the same thing every single morning. I call that my anchor. I believe every single person in the world should have that anchor to that day. You have to control your morning. I wake up about an hour before the rest of the world. For me, that's about 5.30 a.m. And that's because my family's still asleep, my two daughters, my wife. And it allows me to do the things that I need for me before the rest of my day becomes other people. And so we always need to feel like we're doing something for ourselves because if not, we start to get irritable, we get, we feel overwhelmed, we feel angry that we're not accomplishing what we need. So I always make sure my morning routine, there's some type of movement. So I'm moving my body, I'm doing some body weight exercises or sun salutations, something like that. And then I'm also doing my morning breathing routine, which is some people might call like meditation, but just basically calming my central nervous system, just feeling good, feeling positive. I do a little bit of audio at that point because it's more mindset based. It's not educational based. So I'm watching a YouTube video. I'm listening to a podcast as I'm getting ready. So I'm using my time wisely. And then before I leave the house, I always make a smoothie every single day. And that is to hydrate my body. Most people are chronically dehydrated and it has all the vitamins. It has all the minerals, all the nutrients, all the protein. And I put some good berries in there. It's just, it's everything that I need. It's called our daily nutritional support shake. And if I do that, I knew I got everything I needed for the day and it's quick, it's easy and I'm out the door. What is your go-to pump-up song? 
Believe it or not, I know this could sound really strange. I actually <laughs> love electronic-based music. I always have. Now, that's come back since I was like literally 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Most people, I've never been asked that question. Nobody would know that. But now apparently they do. So, <laughs> yes. The Glitch Mob, Drive It Like You Stole It by The Glitch Mob. Check it out. <laughs> it's a great pump-up song yes. for the gym. Yes, will do. Put it in the show notes too for everybody. What Hilarious. are you not very good at? So again, I really focus, and that's the thing is that I don't think that you need to be great at a lot of things in life. You can just be good at a handful of things, and you know it's good to be worldly, know about a lot of things, but I focus all of my effort and attention on, on being great at just one or two things, and that's mm. helping people transform their body through wellness, through weight loss, through anti-aging, so that they can then transform their life. All I want people to do is create the best vehicle that can move them through life, and then that allows them to meet the person that they want to be with, have the family, live long, have the career they want. I just need to get them into the right vehicle. So I invest heavily in that. What am I not good at? Well, I'm not good at a micro base level for things. I have a great team. I don't love answering emails. I actually despise it. I don't like any, <laughs> anything micro base. Like I love recording podcasts, doing posts, doing articles, yeah. doing interviews with yourself, meeting people one-on-one. But after that, like I don't love the nitty gritty. That's not, that's actually, it's, I'm a really bad at it. We'll put it that way. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Let's get everything wrapped up here, Steve. What is one place online where we'll be able to find you the most? So really just two places, and that's Instagram.com forward slash Stephen Cabral. That's where I spend most of my time. And then also our private Facebook group, which is really open to anybody who wants to join. That's called CabralSupportGroup.com. Perfect. So head on over to Instagram. He posts a lot of fantastic stuff on there. I follow his podcast too, The Cabral Concept. You can find that on your favorite podcasting platform. But go over there, listen to some of his shows. He has hundreds and hundreds of episodes over there just on different things that we're talking about for the first 20 20 minutes of this interview as far as health goes. So if you want to follow somebody who really knows their stuff, knows what they're talking about, head on over to the Cabral concept and give it a listen. And then if you want to check them out on Instagram, that's at Stephen Cabral and that's Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N Cabral, C-A-B-R-A-L. Steve, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. Had a blast chatting with you. I learned a lot. I know everybody listening did too. I appreciate you having me on and keep up the great work. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.